Hello, today is Monday, August 28th, 2023. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me is Thomas Frey, the three two-day post-birthday boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can be that. Yeah, my birthday just happened. And this is episode 19 of the Breaks Down Pod, brought to you exclusively by 528 Collectibles. We have a pretty exciting show for you guys today. We're going to do housekeeping, talk a little college football, a little soccer, um, definitely some NFL stuff. Uh, We'll do awards. We're going to talk uh, fantasy football, do a little preview for that. And uh, last take, worst take. It should be a cool show. All right, let's go. Okay, recording this just after 8 p.m. on Monday. We were at Dave & Buster's on Saturday for Tom's birthday. It was extremely fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a good birthday. I'm glad so many people were able to come. And Dave & Buster's is forever slept on. Yes, I think I played probably 90% of the games that were there. I played as many as I possibly could. My arm still feels like it's going to fall off. It's. It, I may never recover. Did you do the, the fastest pitch thing? No, that, thank God I didn't. That's the only one I didn't do, and I think if I had, I may not be here right now. Did you see what our expert hit? He Like 88 or something? Yeah, it's yeah. nonsense. There's Casually. No, no chance. In a button down. No, okay. he, I saw it. Yeah, no, I believe that it registered that. I just don't believe that it was right. I don't know. That's a freak. He is a freak, but he went against our literal professional baseball playing friend and out through Oh, Matt did it? Yeah. I didn't know Matt did it, too. I only saw Steve do it. Well, Steve probably was hitting 60, yeah. (laughs) Steve wasn't even hitting 60 in his prime. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't believe it. There was maybe a slight betrayal when you caught me playing deal or no deal there was a massive betrayal the whole my whole birthday i had been had been talking about how he wants to play deal or no deal with me the whole time all of a sudden which i still did which he still did i find him though i'm walking around the arcade i I show up and he's playing it with another man (laughs) okay in my defense though I try to stay cognizant of the fact that you also have a girlfriend that you love very much that you probably wanted to play a few games with. And I knew that I was going to hog you for quite a bit of the night. And I was trying to let you guys do your thing before I pulled you into like races and soccer games and deal or no deal. That's very respectful of you. And that's a good excuse. But you shouldn't have played. You shouldn't have cheated on me, though. I mean... You could have waited. But it's not. I still was very much wanting to play deal or no deal with you. I just needed to get my If you cheat on your girlfriend with someone else, and after the fact you're just like, oh, but I still really wanted to have sex with you, you think that makes up for it? Well, does it change it, the fact that I played the the one-swipe deal or no deal before, and then we played the two-swipe deal or no deal together? But I saw Greg pressing buttons. Well, that also ruined it for me. <laughs> because I was just playing deal or no deal, and then he just comes in from the back and hits a button. Okay, well, I forgive you. All right, cool. Um, other games that were very fun. The That soccer one. Soccer one was really cool. Yeah. We won the World Cup. Yes, we did. That, that's the that's, second trophy no, for this podcast. That's the, that's a, <laughs> the first trophy that I will partake in for this podcast i don't even remember what the first one that i claimed was chelsea summer series. oh the summer series yeah, yeah. Oh, well i'm gonna have to put the world cup on the list now D and B world cup yeah More. i had three jackpots on the spinny things i mean you took about 100 spins but 
a jackpot's a jackpot. Spent too much money on points. I I could yeah, have closed did. the place out. Yeah, 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 you did. You did. You took double the amount of everyone else's points, and I was like, wow, this guy's a genius. Yeah. And then... I was so, so confident. Oh, yeah, and you were so over in points, it was... Yeah. I have no idea how, though, because I played... I was just swiping like a kid in a candy store with someone else's credit card. Yeah. I was taking your card and swiping myself into games at a certain point, but... I mean, you got like a thousand points. Each game was like seven points. Yeah. So kind of makes sense. It adds up. We were only there two, three hours. It felt like five minutes. It Yeah, but by the end of it, I was all sweaty and I was ready to go home. We had just had Benihana. There's a lot of a lot Also of food stays undefeated. Has never missed. Not even no. one time. <laughs> the Onion Volcano. Maybe one of the most exciting plays in sports. Actually startled me this time. Did I think it? I, I think I let out a yell. I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. He just did it. Cool. So uh, college football week zero also happened this week. Hawaii and Vandy played the worst game of the year, game of the year. Mm-hmm. Two of the worst programs in the country, but it was a 35-28 win for Vandy, defending Nashville, their home territory. I didn't get to watch any of the college football this week as it was my birthday weekend, so I don't have too much to, to touch on it, but... I wish I had seen the worst game of the year game of the year. I thought it was going to be 2 nothing final score. Maybe 2-1 with a one-point safety, which exists in college football. It does? In what capacity? I believe it's almost like a double safety. So it's like if you, if you run out of the end zone and then go back into it, I think it's a one-point. Oregon had one in a bowl game against Kansas State. Okay, I had no idea this existed. But it's happened like that's the only time I can remember it happening ever. If I didn't know it existed, I bet a lot of our listeners didn't know it existed. So something new learned of the day. Yeah, what what he said. <laughs> uh, USC dominated San Jose State. That's kind of just chalk. Caleb Williams looked awesome. He had like a fumble that turned into a long touchdown pass. Notre Dame whopped Navy in Ireland. They haven't won a New Year's Six bowl game in like. A million years, but they have two Ireland championships. It seems like an unfair advantage, the Fighting Irish in Ireland. You can't lose, though, if you're Notre Dame. You cannot lose in Ireland. It's basically south south bend of the U.K. Is Ireland in the U.K.? Oh, man. Not a geography pod. All right, yeah. Moving on. Okay. Zoomass one. Victor Cruz alumnus. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> um, that's all we have on Zoomass. That's, that's probably all. the last we'll ever have on Zoomass. Yeah. <laughs> we already agreed to never talk about Liberty again, and I'm breaking that rule right now. <laughs> Trey Lance traded. It's uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird, dude. We don't – like, how often does a team give up the farm to move up and take a quarterback in the top three? The guy almost never plays for them, and yet they're still a Super Bowl contender year after year. I mean, I think it's safe to say never. This is a, has to be a one-of-a-kind situation. How you said, like you said, how often? I, when do teams in a Super Bowl even position trade three first-round picks to get a quarterback? I mean, it would be it would be a situation like the Jets, but they didn't give up nearly that much. Yeah. To, to, like in a trade to acquire some guy like that, but that's not a draft pick, obviously. Objectively, awful trade. Probably the worst ever. I mean, yeah, dude, just because alone who was taken after them, all impact guys, they could have taken any of the other quarterbacks. A lot of people still think that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones Mm -hmm. and was overruled by the front office, but it doesn't matter. 
seemingly doesn't matter. The picks would have been. It's hard to say it doesn't matter because of, like, the opportunity cost. Yeah. But missing has not... It's It hasn't lowered their floor or their ceiling. No, it's it's hasn't lowered their floor, but it has lowered their ceiling. Is that what I'm trying to say? It capped how good they could have been because you don't know how many more postseason games you win if you have a Micah Parsons, a Devontae Smith, and then you don't have to give up maybe something for Christian McCaffrey or uh, take like another offensive lineman or pa- like Pat Sertan or J.C. Horn. The possibilities are pretty much limitless. It's They are still Super Bowl contenders, so it hasn't crippled their franchise, but imagine the possibilities had they not done it. If they had just kept rolling with Jimmy G and fill in the blank backup and third-string quarterbacks, that would have inevitably played. I mean, they still got Brock Purdy last pick of the draft. Like you, They still could have drafted him there and him been heir apparent to Jimmy. And with all of the, armed with all of those other first-rounders. And I think they gave up more than three first, right? There, there were other picks involved? Uh, there may have been, but I mean, the three first is obviously... That's the headliner. The, but yeah. either way, all of those picks paired with whatever additional picks they added on top for a player who barely ever played and now they're getting a fourth in return for a Super Bowl contending team... If they never win a Super Bowl, I think it'll. It's safe to say it's pretty easily the worst trade of all time. It. I mean, it certainly dwarfs the Mitch Trubisky trade up that they were also a part of. Absolutely, that one is worse because the arguably greatest quarterback of all time was in that draft, and they could have gotten him instead. That that's makes, true. That's what makes that trade so much worse because Mitch gave the Bears a lot more than Trey Lance gave the Niners. So, even though, I mean, Mitch is pretty awful. But was he? where is he at now? Bills? No. Uh, no, he's on the Steelers. Oh, he's still there. Yeah, wow. two-year deal. Crazy. Hey, two two playoff appearances for Mitch made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. A lot I mean, of teams passed on Mahomes. You, uh, yeah, you you wouldn't do that trade again, but it wasn't. it's not three firsts for Trey Lance and then getting a fourth in return for him. And still having him leave and not knowing what you had in him in the first place. He's thrown... About 400 passes since high school yeah. in, in a game. This is an interesting like case study in... Development? In development, but also just... You could look back on this and be like, I wonder what he could have been had he had a like the COVID pandemic not hit and had he had a normal college career and had a normal draft pick. Or it could have been that he never would have been drafted that high at all. Because people were saying... The reason they had to do all the -the up-the-gut runs with Trey Lance that ended up getting him injured was because he wasn't as fast as they thought he was. And the reason he wasn't as fast as they thought he was is because he never ran a 40 time. And he never ran a 40 time because the pandemic. So there was no combine. 40's kind of overrated, though. It's overrated, but to an extent. It's just like how often are you doing that on an NFL field? No, but it's an indicator of how fast you are. The competition he was going against, his showcasing his speed versus... If he was in the SEC, you're not going to know if he's getting to the edge quicker than a D-end, you know? No, but someone like Kyler Murray, who doesn't have, like, top-line 40 speed, is still, like, that. the kind of speed he possesses in, like, short bursts is more useful in on, like, a down-to-down basis. But he's small. A yeah. bigger guy like Trey Lance, it's he's not going to have shifty quickness like Kyler. He's going to have more straight line like beat you to the edge kind of speed in in that way like they're not going to design outside runs for a guy who can't beat the edge no i agree i just meant like it's more just like acceleration and burst 
Well, yeah, but those are... I'm saying beyond just the 40, there was no combine. You couldn't test him. Or like either, a three-cone or anything. Yeah, and you're not working him out, so you're not able to see these things. All all their interviews and all their analysis of him was from an arm's length. So yeah. it's arguable that taking a risk in that draft actually makes it even worse. Weird draft. Zach Wilson, two. Guy who, who hadn't played in years, three. three. By trading... A lot of trade movement, I mean, the... Cowboys and Eagles jump spots, but like the Eagles, that whole trade that traces back to the fact that the the Niners moved up, the Dolphins moved down, and the Dolphins swap with the Eagles, who moved up to steal the guy the Giants wanted, right? And that made the Giants trade be okay with trading down, mm-hmm. where the Bears moved up for Fields, and then the Cowboys took Micah Parsons right after that. So like a crazy amount of fallout from the quarterbacks in that class. Quarterback drafts are easily the most entertaining. Definitely. I mean, this upcoming one should be a good one, too. Yeah, 100%. This past one was awesome. I mean, the Texans blew it up and made it super entertaining. Yeah, that was fun. Our pre-draft predictions couldn't have been more wrong. No. In our unreleased secret episode. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, Trey Lance isn't going to be the starter in Dallas now. No, not yet. He might not even be the backup in Dallas right now. Yeah, true. But, I mean, it's, it's a cool situation for him to be in. If there's an injury and he has an opportunity, it's a good team. I think he's not the backup on game day, but if Dak went down with an injury, I think he'd become the starter. You know what I mean? I think they trust Cooper Rush in the event of an injury more than Trey Lance, but in the event of an injury, you'd want to see what Trey Lance can give. It's a very, very low-risk, high-reward trade for the Cowboys. It's a great move. It's a great move by, by the Cowboys. People are giving Jerry a hard time because he didn't consult Dak or uh, McCarthy before making the deal. But also, it's Jerry's team. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And, like, again. What is this, the NBA? Who, yes. Who, who cares? Like, that's how deals are made. You, tr- He's the GM. He's the owner. He can do whatever he wants. So he did it. And it was a good move. Yeah. Anyone complaining is just annoying. They, they weren't on our annoying draft, though. No, they weren't on our annoying things draft. But they could have been. Uh, staying in football, Matt Stafford reportedly, reportedly by his wife, um, blowing up his hard, spot. yeah hard out saying he's struggling to connect to the younger generation of um, football players, his teammates. It's um, I don't it's just I don't think it's the look you want. Did you read the quote or just the headline? I'm not. I'm genuinely asking. Just the headline. So the quote was less bad than the headline of course as it always is the quote was something like they're just on their phones a lot right? yeah like they get into the locker room and they're immediately on their phones and he wants like the rah-rah teammate camaraderie and he wants to get to know these guys because that's how he leads is by i guess like more of a family dynamic or just like very close-knit whereas these guys all they care about is their phones which is I mean, kind of the case with just the upcoming generation. That's not a knock on them. That's just how it is. So it's just it's impossible to say that and not sound old. I mean, no, I'm the same way. I'm obsessed with my phone just as much as anyone. But I'm just saying, like anybody that says like they're struggling to connect with the younger generation because they're always on their phones. I don't think no matter what the situation is, you can not sound old. Yes, I agree in principle, but. In the sense of locker room continuity chemistry building, I think 
I've heard of like locker rooms banning phones entirely. I think that is a good move because <laughs> then you're gonna avoid situations like AB well, going live in the locker room and uh, D'Angelo Russell blowing up Nick Young's spot. Yeah, that was the hotel, right? No, that was locker room. Was it? I thought it was the hotel. Yeah, it was definitely the hotel. Point being, though, it's aside from avoiding bad situations, you're forcing that sort of community aspect of it. Right now, they're it's an ind- individualistic pursuit. So I understand Matt Stafford's point, or what his wife's point was, but the headline and, yes, the optics of it make him sound like old man yelling at, get off my lawn. Yeah, yelling at tree. Yeah. I couldn't remember the, I was going to say cloud, but I didn't think that, that might was right. Be, I think they all apply. Okay, yeah. Speaking of an old man in a cloud, have you heard about the Rick Astley paradox? I have not. If you ask Rick Astley to give you a copy of the movie Up... Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't give it to me because he's never going to give me up. But, but if he doesn't, in, he'll be letting me down. Yeah, yeah I have heard that. <laughs> Just let that marinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Harbaugh says college athletes should share in revenue. I don't think either of us thinks that's like wrong. I think it's, we're both in favor of that. It's not a preposterous kind of statement. Sense, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're making so much money. I don't agree with Caleb Williams refusing to be in the college football game because that's kind of whack. I'd that want, is whack. I'd want him in the game, but they're pro- yeah, they're underpaid, especially, like, the guys who are the reason they'd be buying the game if they're actually getting paid, like, $500. Yeah, underpaid for that, but... Probably be on the cover. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're going to make so much money in the NFL... It's it's a cool thing for your fans and for people who just like college football. So and for you, you're and, on a, a video game cover. And he would definitely be on the cover too. Yeah, he just won the Heisman. There's I can't even imagine who else they would pick over him. They it's, could maybe do like a legend thing, but I, oh, I that's doubt true. they would. But yeah, I don't think they would do that for the return. No, You'd probably wanna, not. Yeah, so I would be cool if they did like all the Heisman winners somehow, just like the, the or he- just or just Nissan or just the house, yeah. the Heisman house, yeah, but the Nissan Heisman house, yeah, but no players, just that, <laughs> just the house <laughs> with like a couple like rogues parked in front, yeah, and Tim Tebow like cutting the hedges. I can get behind that, but yeah, <laughs> I, I agreed. The college athletes should share in revenue. They're generating so much; it's just a very fine line. Once they start getting a share in the revenue, what's it's a it's professional sports like. It's just the only difference is they don't have a contract. Yeah. I just think at a certain point it does. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with, with Dion and his approach to like team building and how it's too much too business-like. It's definitely taking away some of the purity that is college sports. Amateurism. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same page for that one. Uh, Shohei Otani has a tear in his UCL, he might need Tommy John or he does need Tommy John. If he wants to pitch, he needs Tommy John. And nobody knows if he's what his mindset is, right? It's hard to say. He could do he could literally do anything. He could not pitch next year and just play and he could get Tommy John and still hit. I think that's what Can Bryce he? Harper did. He got Tommy John and came back pretty soon and is just hitting and he's played like, he's DHing and he started playing first base. Oh, I, that's why he's playing first? Yeah. Okay while his armor covers so i guess he could do that he could he could get tommy john and sit out the whole year he he's he's still playing he's still hitting now he's just not pitching so and then the question is if he never pitches again how much money does he get paid it's it's a really interesting thought i have no idea what's gonna happen he still gets one of the five biggest contracts ever if he doesn't pitch again right he's still one of the best hitters in baseball so he's gonna get a judge contract and probably more just because you know he's gonna reset the market and then there's the question of, 
could he convert to be a reliever and then they changed the rule where DHs can be uh, brought in as relievers like there's there's a lot of possibilities that would be so electric it would be really cool that would be really cool I, I don't know what they're going to do I don't know what he's going to do I don't know where I have no idea what team he's going to end up on I mean probably the Dodgers it seems to be the consensus but I don't know that beats a couple teams Wait. I'd rather him there than like the, the Red, Red Sox, Sox or the Astros or the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't want him on any of those. I'd be fine with the Dodgers. They're they somehow managed to not win. The only time they've, they've won, won COVID, right? Is the COVID year. So I'm glad I'm happy they won that just for Kershaw. Me too. I agree. I like him. And he took he's taken a lot of flack. Some deserved. Yeah. Most deserved probably. But he's also an all-time great and you just always root for those guys to win unless you hate them. Someone else that comes to mind immediately as an all-time great who hasn't won? No, who has won once, but, like, consistently his play goes down a level in the playoffs. Oh, you shut your mouth. Come on ways. now. But he, ro- he rose to the occasion in that playoffs, and we're talking about A-Rod for those of you who don't no, know. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, actually we are. But, oh, who but are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> oh, also A-Rod. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that to me again. <laughs> Um, USA men's basketball beat a um, not an Atenacumpo list Greece, but a Giannis list Greece. Yeah. So take that for what you will. I actually watched the game. They played, or I watched the second half of the game. It was early this morning. Uh, they're fun, the USA team. They like really mesh very well. It's a good international team. It is a good international team. There's a lot of unselfish play. It, Brandon Ingram came out and said it's weird for him because his role is just pretty minimized compared to what he's used to. But even, like, Anthony Edwards came off the bench to start. I mean, Austin Reeves had 15 today. I think Jalen Brunson and, like, four other guys had 13 today. Like, they're just – they were describing Josh Hart as being positionless, and he's just – he. I think they said – described his position as winner or something like <laughs> that. That was what Steve Kerr described him as. So it's just – a lot of really good players, a lot of unselfish players. They're fun to watch. And I didn't use this for my last take, worst take, a while back when the rosters were announced, but Gilbert Arenas described them as, like, a sorry-ass roster, and I wanted to use it at that time, but something else came up that I had to use, and I should have, and I regret it now. I think they're going to win. Brandon Ingram, I could easily see him having a mellow USA basketball career arc. Mello was just such a willing catch-and-shoot shooter from three. Yeah. And with the closer three-point line in international play, he was he was dominant. just lights out. So that's – but Brandon Ingram is more of a – I guess like almost younger Mello in that he like kind of dribbles the air out of the ball sometimes and tries to get to his spots. Mello was perfect for international play. Yeah, he's the greatest Olympian in U.S. history. For basketball? No. I don't want to entertain this. I'm not doing it. You you suckered me into this before. I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, Bray Wyatt dead. That's unfortunate. I don't know who that is. I know. Who is that? He's a WWE guy. Was he was good? a WWE guy? He won the WWE Championship in 2017. Very highly praised for his creativity. So, oh, so he's young. He's like 30. He was like 37 ish. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, Mohamed Salah might be leaving Liverpool. He they've re- reportedly received an offer from a Saudi Arabian club for 150 million, 
which would shatter the Saudi league record and a salary that to Salah that would match Benzema. You want my take on it? I do. They're not selling them. I don't Klopp know. said no. Klopp said a lot of things that have not gone his way this summer. Well, they asked him, they were like, oh, the Salah to Saudi Arabia story hasn't gone away. And he goes, for me, it has. So that's enough for me. They're not selling them. And also just, no, I don't want them to go. I don't want him to go either. I yeah. I don't like Liverpool, but I love no. Salah. And it's just, it's enough now. He's in his. He's still very good. He's still young. He's only thirty one. Thir- yeah, thirty one. That's not like old. No, yeah. I mean on on his day, he's the best player in the league. So that he shouldn't go. I agree, and it would represent a total era shift for that team because Mane, Firmino, and Salah would all be gone. All to all to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, that's the crazy. the league winning trio, the the Champions League winning trio, but I don't I don't want him to leave either. He's in form, a Ballon d'Or candidate year after year. One of one of the best goal scorers in the history of the league. Yeah, he won the what the Golden Boot like two or three times. Twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Scored thirty six league goals one year, which is just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Thirty two, maybe it was over thirty. Especially, I know he like plays up top, but. You don't necessarily always think of him as an out-and-out striker. He's like kind of a winger. He's a winger, yeah. But he plays kind of as a, a striker. It's not he as a striker. He's yeah. He just he's more of like an inverted winger. He's basically a forward. Yeah, his so, his left foot is lethal. So he always is coming yeah. in on the right and cuts in. He had a scored a worldie like that against Chelsea from pretty far outside the box against yeah. Kepa. He's filthy. Moral of the story is he's filthy. And yeah. The more talent like him that goes to Saudi Arabia, it becomes harder and harder to ignore the league. Yeah, it totally legitimizes it. Yeah, more so than even all these stars. I don't know. This feels like the final nail in the coffin if he goes there. It's like well, because now they're buying a lot of them. Like the, a lot, of, the rest of them, a ton of them went on frees. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo went on a free. Conte went on a free. Benzema left went on a free. Yeah, and I mean now it would be Neymar and yeah, that's. It's tough to deny at a certain point. Neymar and Salah for maybe two hundred fifty million combined. I was reading something today that they were talking about the, I think it was the agent survey. the The Athletic did it, and one of the questions was about the running back issue, and the consensus was that it's a CBA issue. So I was spot on on that, but also they were saying the Saudi Arabians could start a football league and just start paying these guys running more. backs like that's yeah like or that's, running back league yeah like there's just it's like we're starting a league where yeah that was basically the consensus was just paying the guys more and trying to make competition so that you'd have to pay the running backs more so that they don't go there yeah would they care the NFL care? No, but it's not just the running backs. If you pay the quarterbacks more and then you pay the running backs more there, it's it's like you up the charge everywhere and then the NFL would have to pay more to be competitive. Fair. Yeah. What? Who would be the Greg Norman of this running back league? I know it's not just a running back league, but... It's not a running for back For this league. argument, it's a running back league. It has to be a running back is what I'm saying. They'll become like the beleaguered face of... I feel like it's got Eric Dickerson vibes. Okay, I wasn't going to go there. <sighs> My first instinct was Frank Gore, but I don't think he would do it. <laughs> All right, what about, like, Reggie Bush? That's what I was going to Yeah, say. until they give him his Heisman yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go with Reggie Bush as my answer. Future guest. I would love that. Me too, man. Okay, so for today's meet, we are going to talk about some fantasy football. <laughs> Just some fantasies we've been having. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, we've picked three players that fit into the following groups. They're going to be the studs, the duds, and the sleepers. Do you want to say anything about these subcategories? Yeah, so I actually have four of each because I did one quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end. You did three because you just didn't do the all the positional groups. I didn't groups. see your last text. Yeah, because I ignored my text today like five times. So I did it differently. I will try to come up with one on the spot okay. for each. Okay. Would you like to kick things off? Sure. So we're going to start with studs. My quarterback that I – also, for our studs, I didn't want to go Mahomes or, you know, like I tried to – for all the positions, I didn't go Justin Jefferson. I tried to get a little creative with it so it wasn't a top two guy. Yeah, okay. Right? I like, may have gone top two for one or two of them. That's okay. I just – I didn't want to. It, it. Everyone knows Mahomes is good at football. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. So, But my stud for my quarterback is Justin Fields. He was the, I know he's your quarterback, but I chose him. And he finished as the sixth-ranked quarterback last year, and he had no weapons whatsoever. His ability to run the football will automatically keep him probably in the top 12, even if he has a horrific passing year. They added DJ Moore. Their O-line's improved. He was already top six last year. If he takes any strides as a passer, he should be a top four, I would say, fantasy quarterback. You know who else they added? Who? Bob Tunyon. Big Bob Tunyon. No, I did not know they added him. But they just signed Cole Kmet. Yeah, no, they're going to so, do a lot more two tight end stuff this year. Seems like that's a lot. The league's kind of headed back that way a little bit. Because the tight ends are, I mean, when you have, like, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they're receivers. The tight yeah. ends. So there's big receivers. Yeah, yeah. That's not fair. paid as such. No, no. No, Kelsey's underpaid. But that's conversation for another day. It's a make-or-break year for Fields. He's my dynasty quarterback, one of one of my two dynasty quarterbacks, so I'm kind of banking on him taking a big step forward. Not to mention I'm a Bears fan, so I'm going to be shattered into pieces if he's not good. I think he's good. I can't imagine him being bad. For fantasy purposes, I think he's going to be awesome. For real-life football purposes, I think at the very least he'll bottom out of the top 14 quarterback, which is you can you win a lot of games with that. Yeah. And this is also uh, the first time he will have Chase Claypool for an offseason, for whatever, whatever that, that means. means. Yeah, but it's uh, it's also cool that they got DJ Moore in early, so they could really build chemistry. I think, he's been awesome in camp in I, preseason. I think he's going to have a really big year. Me too. Uh, okay, so my sleepers, uh, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid are my and studs. And Andy Reid? Just kidding. <laughs> I just... I, Pick the the odd like the best people at things. Oh, um, I know your fantasy head coaches league. Yeah, I, that would be so so fun. <laughs> All right, my first guaranteed stud is Garrett Wilson. Okay, I had no doubt coming out of college that he was gonna he was the best receiver in that class. I thought it was foolish that the Falcons took Drake London over him. George Pickens gets a lot of love for being able to catch everything thrown near him. Garrett Wilson can catch literally any ball that is thrown on a football field. He won Rookie of the Year last year, 1,000 yards, 83 receptions, four touchdowns with abysmal quarterback play. Almost doesn't even begin to describe it. He is a very intelligent football player. He is as athletic as receivers come. He is Ohio State bred, so you know he's those skills are going to translate. And obviously, he has unarguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time now throwing him the ball. Second year in the NFL. I'm sure he 
improved a lot in the offseason. What? I, can't, I just can't believe you praised Rodgers. I, I mean, I'd be, like, ignorant to deny that he's one of the best ever. That doesn't mean I'm not going to point out flaws. I, I know. I just, I've never heard you compliment him before. So it was surprising. Let's not make it a big thing. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I mean, that. that's it. He, he might be too good to even take as a stud because he's pretty much a sure thing. He's going to go first in most leagues. I don't think he's too good to take. I think that's a, I think that's a good choice. But I'm so confident he's going to be better than he was last year. He will probably end the year as a top three receiver in fantasy. Okay. That's a bold take given how many good receivers there are, but I do think he's very good. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's and he was productive right away. He looked, you could tell pretty much from week two, I think against the Browns where he had two touchdowns from the flack man that this dude was going to be a baller. The flack man. The flaccid quarterback. Yeah, I uh, I think he's really good. I think he's... I mean, you can't even say prime for a breakout year because he doesn't need a breakout year. He's he already had it. Even if Rodgers is just competent, he will have a much better year, a much better quarterback situation. So I think he's in for a big year. Uh, moving off of that, I'll say my right wide receiver. I've got Amon Ross St. Brown. I've had him in fantasy. You had him on your list. No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. I you... just I realized I forgot to I said I would match it by position and then just immediately stopped doing that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You did. I noticed it when you actually responded to my text that you totally didn't do that. But yeah. I have Amon Ra as a league winner type player given his ADP. He's not going top five. He's going in I've even seen the third round of some drafts, which is insanely low given his production. Let's get into some advanced metrics. Last year, first eight games, he had eight red zone targets seven of which came in the first four games. Final nine games, he had 15 red zone targets, which put him at eighth in total red zone targets. Fantasy football is a volume-based game. You want guys who get volume of targets, volume of carries, volume of even pass attempts. That's what you want. He also finished fourth in yards after the catch and also 11th in target overall target share of all receivers in football. So you put target share... Yards after the catch and red zone targets together, you're going to get an absolutely elite fantasy wide receiver. He's going to be an absolute nightmare, even with Goff at quarterback. Goff's good. Don't sleep on Goff. I will never say Goff is good. I think Goff is a top half quarterback. I would rather Daniel Jones than Jared Goff. I probably would too, but I think I'd rather more guys than I wouldn't rather. <laughs> over. I so that's not good. I I don't I don't consider middle of the pack good. I'd rather I above average. I think. Fine, I'll give you above average, but that offense is good. They also lost their top two running backs from last year, and the receiver that they drafted to be the number two to Amon Ra has never played football in his life. No, and he's how four games, six games, four games. I thought it was like half a year. I don't think it's quite that many, but producer Roo's on the case. Okay, producer Roo got back to us. It is six games that he's suspended for. So they don't have a real legitimate number two option to him. So he's going to get even more targets for the first six games of the year. Even at the end of his rookie season, he was winning me a lot of games. I had him, I've had him in fantasy each of the last few years. If I don't get him in one of my leagues this year, I'll be upset. I, yeah, I, no, I think, I think he's a good pick. I think he's super talented. He's I'm not. Big body. I'm not arguing with you. I'm selling my case to you. Okay. 
Um, so now I will not go with my receiver because I already did. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do Jalen Hurts. This one I felt was a little cheaty in terms of, like, he was a top one guy last year. It's more just the fact that until he does it again, you can't really, like, be confident that he's going to be an elite fantasy guy year after year. I just, like, I'm so high on Jalen Hurts because obviously the talent uh, the talent is there and the production is there. He had he threw for 3,700 yards last year, 22 touchdowns. He had, like, 700 yards on the ground. Um, I think 13 rushing touchdowns. The year-after-year growth is demonstrable, and from everything I've heard, he is, like, as hardworking and committed and locked in and nice a dude as you can find. So I'm just a huge Jalen Hurts guy. I think he will, for the next decade, be one of the better best quarterbacks in the league. I think he will be a fantasy monster again, so he's definitely like my one of my studs. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a layup pick given where his, you know, his projections are, but I your point is that I wouldn't say you I think you can be confident that he'll be a good fantasy quarterback, but you can't be certain that he will like you were with Garrett Wilson. I'm pretty certain. Okay. Well, they didn't ban his little QB sneak thing that the Eagles do, which everyone thought they would, so that helps. Yeah. Uh I'm with you. I took him uh, in yesterday's draft that I was in. And he won me a league last year. Actually, he won me two leagues last year, Jalen Hurts. So I'm all aboard the hype train. I wish I wasn't because I can't stand the Eagles, but I, I think he's really good. It's hard to root against him. It is. When he was at Alabama, the in the, the hype leading up to the natty against Georgia, there was an article on ESPN that was like, is Jalen Hurts going to be the worst quarterback to ever win a national championship? Because he couldn't throw back then. His strides he's made as a passer are pretty insane you can only hope like justin fields is a logical comparison it's a very easy comparison you hope he makes even remotely similar strides as a passer if he does he's going to be a very good quarterback yeah because you went all wonky with your order i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my my stud running back i got nick chubb he's been a top four to five fantasy running back the last few years I've actually never rostered him in any league, and I'm in a million leagues, so that's pretty crazy, but it's because I don't like guys who split carries. Kareem Hunt's out of there. Even Dearness Johnson's out of there. There's no one to take carries from him. Even if he's not a pass-catching back, he could rush for 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns without a doubt next year. His ceiling in the draft, I feel more comfortable taking him where he's been drafted than ever before. Which is where? I would take him top five. He's the best between-the-tackles runner in the NFL, I think. Yeah, and his volume is going to be, I think, higher than ever. Yeah, I agree with it. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a pretty big piece of their offense that walked out the door. Mm-hmm. Now the only other running back that's even worth naming is Jerome Ford, and he had eight carries last year. So if he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute monster this year. Yeah, and he's a running back on a big deal that there's no talk about them trying to restructure or get get rid of. What is he, 28, I think? He's, Something like that. Yeah, he's not old, so he, he shouldn't decline. I'd be shocked if he started declining. I think last year was his best year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very high on him this year. If, if I have the chance to take him, which I haven't yet in my one draft so far, I will. Uh, my next stud is a controversial one. Okay. Can't say that word. Controversial? Controversial. Shul. Shul. Controversial. Wow. This is really hard for you, huh? This word? It's always been really hard. <laughs> I always want to say controversial. You could say controversial. I've heard people say that. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. Controversial is worse, Controversial. Though. Yeah, it's better. 
No, it's not. That is better than whatever nonsense you were saying. Controversial. Yeah, that's it. You said it right that time, but you were saying controversial. Dude, I can't say it. You I said have to it right. Slow down to say it though. Yeah. And that, like, whenever I'm gonna say it, I always feel you like second guess yourself. You no, got the it's, like, yips coming up in my head. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I got the word <laughs> yeah, yips. You do. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a controversial pick. Nice. Kyle Pitts, all with all of three career touchdowns. This is literally he's just too good to not be good. I know they don't use him right. The volume has never been there. It makes no sense that they drafted him fourth overall with seemingly no plan to work him into the offense. But it's now or never, and I think the talent is undeniable. The fact that they have a new quarterback who's probably going to rely on him pretty heavily offers some upside. Arthur Smith, I think, is a good offensive mind, so it makes no sense that he's not going to become a big part of that offense at some point, or at least attempt to be. And it's kind of a make-or-break year for a guy who I think there's too much talent there to not be one of the three best tight ends in the NFL. I have a hard time saying it's a make-or-break year because if he finds his way off that team and goes anywhere else, I think he'll be amazing because he has all the talent in the world. So he doesn't have anything to prove to me. I feel like it's a make-or-break year within that offense Uh because they have to prove to me that they can use him properly. Well, it could be a make-or-break year for that coaching staff. That I could say. I think I feel that way more than I do about Pitts having a make-or-break year. But I would like him to show me that he is what we all know hate that he is. But I would also like them to put him in the position to do that. And what better situation for a coaching staff to need to rely on the tight end who can outrun every linebacker and jump over every corner than a coaching staff that knows they need to start winning games to save their job? Also, as tight ends are great safety outlets for quarterbacks in general, so a rookie, or I guess a second-year quarterback with very little game time under his belt, with a rookie running back and a second-year wide receiver one having the third-year now tight end. Third-year. Third-year with a little more familiarity under his belt, understanding the league a little bit more, you would have to think that he reaches his potential. Young quarterbacks like tight ends. I'm going to probably avoid him in drafts i like him and i hope he's awesome but it's too much risk for me yeah. i'd rather a pat Fryermuth in my dr- i'd rather the safe nine points a week than the risk of him catching zero yeah of him blocking all game but i think i don't think we're gonna see that usual pattern is what i'm saying i hope you're right but i'm not gonna draft him okay fair i might not either yeah <laughs> but okay, on to my tight end. I got Darren Waller. Injury risk. That's it. That's the only thing that will hinder him this year. He's the Giants' number one option. He's been tearing up camp. Him and Daniel Jones seem to have good chemistry. I think they love him. I think Dable loves him. I think they're going to design a lot of plays to get him involved in a lot of ways. I don't think they want to rely on the run game as much as they did last year. I know he's 31, but his athleticism hasn't left. He's just been hurt a lot. So I think he's going to have a really big year. If he gets hurt, sue me. But I think that's... Not sue, you're my lawyer. Yeah, I know. I think that's the only thing that will derail him this year, though. I think he's going to be awesome. See, this is where your dark magic gives you an advantage because every time he catches a pass, I see number 12, and it's strange and I don't know who it is for a second mm-hmm. and I don't like not knowing who it is for a second when I'm watching an NFL game and a big guy that's obviously good catches a pass 
So my dark magic of not needing to know the numbers to know who it is. Not not needing to know the numbers. It's incapable. You have no idea what number he was on the Raiders. I couldn't even venture a guess. See, I know he's. it was 83, and it's weird to I knew it was in the well. 80s. I knew it was in the 80s. Doesn't count. Okay. I, I don't do numbers, but I know I know exactly what it is when he catches the pass. Yes. That's all that matters for me. You see, I figure it out, but it's not when he catches it. It's like when he's like does this or something. Okay. Yeah, no, my I don't know what's wrong with me, but I can identify them in other ways. I can too, but like I see the number and I get confused. The number see, doesn't I even would be register. Better without the number, almost, but the, I can't. I can't not register it. The number doesn't even register. See, that's the thing. If there were no numbers, yeah. I could still. I would know who it is faster than see because he has a number on his jersey. Dark magic is a good way to describe it. That's yeah. It's almost map guessing. It is. Bray's map guessing. <laughs> I think that's all I got for my studs. Let's move on to some duds, though. All right. My first dud is Bryce Young, who I think is really good. And I actually, I, I think I see a world where the Panthers are good because their defense is dope. But that line is so, 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 so bad. And they have no weapons on offense. And he is not a, a quarterback that... Uh, you want to leave back there behind a bad line, and I just don't see a world where they can overcome that this year. I think he's in for a rough year. If preseason's any indication, yeah, there's no blocking happening. Yeah, and their wide receiver one is Adam Thielen. Shout out to Adam Thielen, though. But still Had a great bad. career, but old. Yeah, old. Yeah. You don't want him to be your wide receiver one in... 2023, no. Yeah. Maybe a few few years back, sure. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, but no, not anymore. So I'm with you, actually. I I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole in fantasy. It's twice his height. No, that's Kyler. <laughs> he's, he's bigger than Kyler. No matter what, even if they stand next to each other and he's not, Kyler's the smallest person on earth. Well, he's way he's more frail than Kyler. Kyler's like stocky. That which makes him look smaller. It does, yeah. Except it makes Bryce Young look a little sillier with a helmet on. Because the helmet, it's like bobblehead-esque. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just situationally. It's not so much a him thing. I think his long-term prospects are good. I, I think he's going to be a good player, but I think he's If he can stay healthy. Yes. That's a very important caveat. But I, I think he's I think he's in for a rough one. I, that's a good one. I didn't even think to put him. But my dud for my quarterback is Dak. Not because I think Dak's going to have a bad year. Not because I think the Cowboys are going to be bad. I just don't think Dak is going to be a good fantasy quarterback. I threw a lot it. of interceptions threw last 15 year. 15 picks last year, and he missed four games. Not a recipe for success, even in fantasy. And I think they're going to run the football more now. Kellen Moore wanted to throw the ball. I think he wanted to open it up. I think McCarthy wants to run the ball. I think he wants to pound the ball with Brees Hall, and I can't remember their other really tiny running back's name. Not Brees Hall. Not Brees Hall, Pollard sorry. And Deuce Vaughn. Bree- who? Tony Pollard. I've been doing that all day. Why? Because oh, they're... See, this is a weird thing because in my mind, I'm like, why? Because they're both number twenty. Maybe that's why. That can't be why. Subconsciously, we just this can't be subconsciously, why. there could be something subconscious. Okay, well, I, I, then I don't have an explanation for why I got them confused. Maybe because I have them both. No, I don't. I think I might have had them both in fantasy last year. I don't know. With Pollard, I think they want to pound the ball with Pollard and the tiny running back now. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Thank you. He's like five five. He's actually the smallest person in the NFL. They had the 27th ranked pass rate last year. So you take out your pass-happy OC and bring in 
who they bring in? Brian Schottenheimer? That can't be right. It is Brian Schottenheimer? Let's go. Nice. That was big out of me. Don't know numbers. No OCs, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just don't think they're going to pass the ball a lot. And they also don't have a lot of pass catchers. Like, C.D. Lamb's awesome, but they lost Dalton Schultz, and I know they drafted that tight end that now you're confusing me on who it is because it's uh, not who you – Shoemaker. Yeah. I always, you thought I it was Ma- Mayer. Mayer. Yeah, you confused me on that. I was about to say Michael Mayer. Dalton Schultz was – a good weapon for them. He was a proven entity, at least with a rookie tight end. You don't know what you're getting. Oh, uh, that's true. I, I and he doesn't I run be, the ball anymore. Dak. He doesn't scramble anymore. I would be surprised if Dak throws as many interceptions as he does as he did last year. Part of that will be because they're probably going to throw less, like you said. Yeah. But also, I just think it was somewhat of an anomaly. Like I knew he threw, he he threw a comparable amount at least for the season total. Early in, earlier in his career, but his pick per game rate, will, I, I think, will probably prove to be an outlier. But this is less about his interception, based on the entirety of the circumstances, plus his injury-proneness. I think all of that paired together, he's going to underperform his fantasy expectations. So that's why he's a dud. Okay, fair. I'm not saying he's going to have a stinker of a year and he's going to be out of the league, but I, I just I just don't think he's going to be a viable QB1. Or not viable. I just don't think he'll be an ideal QB1. He's not going to win you three weeks. No. Maybe one. Yeah. And given what people expect of him, I just don't think he'll reach that level. My second dud is DeAndre Swift. He is getting a lot of hype because he was a second-round pick, really good at Georgia. Uh, a lot of people would always take him in like the second or third round of fantasy when he was on the Lions, now traded to one of the best teams in the league who run the shit out of the ball. But um, I think that Eagles fans are really going to like Rashad Penny. I think he's going to take a lot of workload. I think his time in Seattle was disappointing, especially for a first-round pick. They were always super high on him there, so it seems like the talent is there. He was very productive in college. I think he'll be a good fit for the system. But they also have Kenny Gainwell, too. So it's just, even if it's not Penny as the main guy, you're still in a committee backfield with, with those two guys. And Gainwell's been there for a while. He knows the system. The coaching staff knows him. They trust him. Um, so I think... I think Swift, for a running back that got traded for in the offseason, is probably not going to have the kind of production that we've seen out of other running backs that have been traded for. I could be wrong because the only ones I'm thinking of right now off the top of my head are guys that sucked after they got traded for. But still, I think he's not going to have a great fantasy year. So I almost had the flip side. I actually almost had Rashad Penny as a sleeper, but I, I didn't end up doing it, so... It's not a spoiler alert, but I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be DeAndre Swift's backfield alone. I think relying on him as one of your early running backs, I think he should be like at best a flex consideration. I don't I don't think you you should ever draft him to be a RB one or two. I think you're, what you're going to get from him is a lot of hoping he finds the end zone if you play him, yeah. and that will if he scores a touchdown, okay. If not, you're going to be kicking yourself. Yeah, I don't like running back by committees in general, especially ones that are pretty unknown like this one because Gainwell's actually pretty good too. So I like that one a lot. For my next one, this is a little more controversial. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Okay, why? Because a lot of his fantasy production 
like his elite level fantasy production stemmed from his him bolstering his stats with his rushing ability. Ever since they got McCaffrey, he's pretty much just become a checkdown artist. He had the 102nd ranked uh, average depth of target last year. He barely got any red zone targets with only 12. He only had five deep targets last year. Without his running ability to bolster his stats, the production just isn't there. At the end of last year, in the four games he played with McCaffrey, he finished as wide receiver 58, wide receiver 5, which is, you know, awesome, wide receiver 66, and wide receiver 33. And, like, yeah, you'll get that wide receiver 5 every now and again for sure, but people are taking him as their wide receiver 1 this year when I think he's more in line with a low-end wide receiver 2. I Wide receiver 1 is definitely too high. <coughs> I'm just not sure what we see from that offense this year because part of me thinks that being the madman that he is, there's nothing Kyle Shanahan would like more than to have Debo have more rushing attempts than McCaffrey and McCaffrey lead the team in receptions. I think that's fair, but you still don't want a running back expected to be your wide receiver one because then yeah. he, you're touchdown dependent too. That's very fair. Yeah. yeah. I just think it, any other coaching staff, and I agree with you entirely. They have the creativity to make me totally wrong. Also, like, one injury to yeah. the most injury-prone running back in the league. That's also true. Uh, yeah, it's – this again, this one was a little more controversial, but there is evidence to back it. No, I, I'm not saying that – like, I'm not defiant that it won't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know what you're saying. Okay. Um, my third sleeper is Rashad – Sorry, my third dud is Rashad Bateman. He is a very talented receiver. There is a lot of hype about that wide receiver room in Baltimore now with the addition of Odell and Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. And Rashad Bateman is just going to get injured. He, it's, what, it's what he does. <laughs> okay. I uh, I was actually talking to producer Rue about this. I took Rashad Bateman. It's a 12-team league. I took him with my last pick yesterday. I took a flyer on him. I was debating even dropping him today and trying to get someone like a Justin Ross just because – you always want a piece of the Chiefs' offense. That's why Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got taken high so many times, even though he's their third-string running back now. Um, so I'm not against your Rashad Bateman take, but like you said, he's got talent and he's got potential, so you just pray if you're going to take a late-round flyer on him that he can stay healthy. He's not going to. It's what yeah. he does. He gets hurt. Well, then I put him on IR and I take Justin Ross. <laughs> But that's that's I'm just it's gonna happen. So that's why he's on my dud list. He's gonna probably have like 80 yards and a touchdown week one, and then you won't see him again till like week 12. And then he'll play two games, and then you won't see him again till next year. Yeah, on a new team. <laughs> so for my last dud, I went with Kenneth Walker. I actually really like Kenneth Walker. I think he's really good. I just don't like that they took another running back in the second round. And I think they're going to try to use, is it Charbonnet or Charbonnet? Charbonnet. Charbonnet. It seems like they like him as more of a pass-catching back. But he's not your typical idea of a pass-catching back, as in he profiles as a three-down back. So if Charbonnet eats into Walker's carries at all, it caps his upside, especially if he's taking all the pass-catching opportunities. I agree. It's never fun when, when Seattle drafts another running back because... Seattle has a history of drafting guys or guys having a great first year or breakout year in fantasy going high in fantasy the next year and then essentially losing their spot as a starter. So the fact that they drafted a productive college runner 
definitely room for concern. I just will say, uh, Kenneth Walker has huge home run ability. So even if he loses some some run share, he still has the potential to essentially take every carry to the house if a, a gap opens up, which will save a lot of his downside, I think. That's fair. I just I don't like running backs by committee. So yeah, moving on to sleepers uh, is you know you should just go. I just gave my dud. Okay. Yeah. My first sleeper is Kadarius Tony of the Chiefs. Ew. Um, also going to get hurt and is currently hurt. Yeah, but I well I'm not. Yeah, he okay, he probably will get hurt when he comes back. But ew is what I say when I see him shake someone in like in their boots. Yeah, he's an, he's got he's all the so talent shifty. in the world. All the talent in the world. Isn't gonna play. He he was an impact guy in the Super Bowl. Anyone could have scored the touchdown he scored. He had that electric kick return too. There's, Fine. It's hard to doubt, deny the talent. I'm not. It's hard to it. deny the inability to stay on the field. So I agree with that. But people are sleeping on him because of that. Well, yeah, but that's why. Who would you main, make your dud? Because they're getting hurt. Rashad, Rashad Bateman. Bateman. But it's a different level of. Is it, hurt. is it, though? Yes, because I've seen Kadarius Tony do cool things on the field multiple times. I haven't done that with Rashad Bateman. You've seen Kadarius Tony do cool things on the field twice. That one game again, or sorry, the two games for the Giants. Yeah. And then in the Super Bowl. So three times. Yeah. That's and, not and a at, lot of times. And at Florida. Okay, but that's more college. cool things than Rashad Bateman did at Minnesota. Okay. Whatever, though. In the NFL... The Keep same reasons for I will sleep on him. I I am not a Kadarius Tony fan anymore. Guy's a loser and a weirdo. Sure, yeah, and a weirdo. He is. I, whatever. But, but welcome on the podcast. Yeah, I'd love to talk to him about <laughs> him sucking so bad. Um, he's my sleeper just because he's on the Chiefs. And yeah, there's, and he's got a lot of reason. got a lot of talent. Is in the most high powered offense imaginable. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I mentioned Justin Ross four times. Uh, my first sleepers, I guess, should I go receiver? Do you, yeah, sure. Do you, okay, I'll go. I have Jahan Dotson. He played 12 games rookie season, 500 yards, seven touchdowns. He had six games last year with 13 PPR points. He had, in the final five games of last year, basically identical stats to Terry McLaurin. They were both wide receiver 10 and 11 over that span. If that five-game span is any indication of what they could both be going forward, then I think he's being heavily slept on, and that was with pretty horrific quarterback play. If Sam Howell's even, again, competent, I think he'll be able to bring out the best in both of them, and Terry McLaurin's also pretty injury-prone. I know Jahan Dotson was hurt last year a lot, but he could sneak into that wide receiver one role anyway. I like that pick. I like the Jahan Dotson a lot. That that offense too is very, very weird. It's not it's not weird. It's just like it's so, so. It's very weird. Wide open. What the, what it could be? It could be easily the worst offense in the league. Or Sam Howell could throw for like twenty four touchdowns. Yeah, wide range of variants or something. You said once. I liked I liked the sound of that. That's how I feel about this offense. With the enemy too. This is. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. But no, I like the pick. Sam, uh, Jahan Dotson's a good route runner. He he, I think he had two touchdowns week one last year. Yeah, early. He had touchdowns in bunches last year. I had him in fantasy and one in a deep league. Uh, my f- second sleeper is Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He was the thousand yard guy last year, five touchdowns. He's a bowling ball 
and I think that he's the kind of guy that Bill Belichick loves. I mean, he it's hard to not think of LeGarrette Blunt when you see Ramondre Stevenson. Maybe it's just the dreads, but I also think there's a lot of similarities in the way they run the ball, and especially in that system. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, the year the Pats lost to the Eagles, had 19 touchdowns, I think, and I see no reason with an actual offensive coordinator and what just literally just has to be regression to the mean a little bit because of how disastrous and much like how big of a clown show that was last year. I think he's going to be a very productive back. I drafted him in my fantasy draft last night. Nice. I had, I think I had him and Damian Harris starting together in one league last year. Damian Harris is gone now too. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying like he was vulturing so many touchdowns that they were both viable starters last year. Uh-huh. So with him gone, I mean, Zeke's probably going to vulture a bunch of them, I would imagine. Hopefully not a lot, but he's definitely going to. Even still, it's probably less than Damian Harris, so I like Ramondre Stevenson a lot. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty consistent. Uh, my sleeper at running back is Damian Pierce. I really liked him as a rookie. I I wanted to draft him really bad last year. I couldn't didn't end up getting him. I think he was fourth in missed tackles forced and first in missed tackles forced per attempt as a rookie. I mean, I know he's got a rookie quarterback behind him, which doesn't help but it also means he's going to get a lot of carries the signing of Devin Singletary also eats into that a little bit so it could be a little bit of a committee which as I've stated multiple times I don't like but Singletary couldn't steal the job in Buffalo when the Bills have been dying for a running back to take that job over full time I think he was first in yards per game as a rookie last year too there you go sorry yards per game among rookies last year Mm. not as a rookie yeah yeah. i knew what you meant but and like young quarterbacks they're 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 gonna run the ball yeah heavily and i i I don't think devin singletary is very good if he was he'd still be in buffalo yeah he's a better pass blocker so that does mean something uh my last sleeper is not a quarterback so okay because i didn't do the yeah i know you just totally broke all the rules yeah uh it's jackson smith and jigba Mm mm-hmm uh, even with DK Metcalf playing off him, who is I I think at like on his day a top ten receiver in the NFL I don't can think, be. I don't think that's unfair. I still think Jackson Smith and Jigbill, as long as he stays healthy, which he hasn't done in a while, will be pretty productive. And he has a history of being very productive while playing alongside other great receivers. He had I think a hunt a thousand yards at Ohio State playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And when they were interviewed before the Rose Bowl, their last game, they both said that he's the best wide receiver in that room. And the dude, is he's going to play mostly in the slot, I think. But he's got a competent quarterback. I think Geno's pretty good. I think we all kind of see that now after last year. Uh, Pete Carroll knows how to... They know how to, that whole front office, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, know how to develop young talent. So I don't think there's going to be any trouble with him adjusting to the NFL life. And I think he's going to have a pretty pretty awesome rookie year. I could easily see him winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm sure he'll have a good year. Everything you've told me is amazing. And having DK and Lockett on both sides of him at least takes some of the pressure off, or actually a lot of the pressure off, I, sh- I should say. Uh, my last sleeper is a quarterback, as were the intended rules. Uh, I went with Kenny Pickett. 
Uh, even though he has tiny hands, it showed that it wasn't that big of an issue as a rookie, which I thought it might be in cold Pittsburgh. But in preseason, their offense has looked really good, and I know preseason doesn't indicate anything, but it's hard to not read into it a tiny bit. He's got a lot of weapons in Fryermuth and Pickens and Najee and Deontay Johnson. It's There's a lot of talent around that offense. The O-line should improve, and I think Pickett's a better runner than he showed his rookie year. I think his rushing stats will improve, and I think that always bodes well for quarterbacks. So I, I just think he's going to take that next step as a passer and as a runner. Obviously, the audience can't see this, but we have a live guest this week that is not producer Rue. And if I'm correct, our live guest has Kenny Pickett as his dynasty quarterback. Is this true? This is true. Also high on Kenny Pickett then. Yes. Okay. Got a head nod. So there we go. Good sleeper pick by me. Yours stinks. Yeah, I like Kenny Pickett, <laughs> though. Um, the hands thing, obviously, yeah, that was like the talk of the combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still is like... I, I laugh whenever I see the like the Arthur memes for Kenny Pickett, but somebody like makes the fist really tiny. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, dude, we like we know how important like situations are for developing these guys, and Pittsburgh is like the model franchise for how to run an organization. Mike Tomlin has been there for eternity, will be there for eternity, and if they're investing this much into him, they're certainly they certainly think he's the guy and are going to give him every every opportunity to demonstrate that. So I think he's poised for a breakout year too. Yeah, if they think he's the guy, then. That's enough. We should too. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I'm with you. You got any wild cards? Yeah, I do. Um, I have one. Dalton Kincaid. Ah, I have him in Dynasty. At first, I thought it was really weird because they just paid Dawson Knox, overpaid him in my opinion. But from everything I've heard, they're going to use him as a slot receiver. And if Cole Beasley could have 900 yards as a slot receiver for them, then I think this kid's awesome and he could do that too. He's gonna fill a massive need for them too. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be a that's a good pick. He's gonna be a cool piece of that offense, I think. See, he's a tight end I would risk taking. Wow. Okay, my wild card is gonna be Calvin Ridley. That's a good one. I want him really bad. I yeah. I, had, I think he could have been a sleeper. Probably should have been. For and I've been really high on him. I think I've talked about him multiple times on our podcast about just how fast he looked in preseason. I, uh, Dude's a technician running routes. Yeah, I think he's going to be awesome. He took over from Julio like pretty seam- seamlessly in Atlanta, and I know a year off doesn't usually end well or hasn't in recent memory, but he's a receiver. He's, he's a receiver, and he's young enough. Somehow. And, yes, I, he feels like he's been around forever, and he's still seemingly got all his athleticism and an awesome quarterback, so I think that's a really good one. Let's, uh, let's get into awards. All right, cool. Uh, you started last week. I'm going to start this week. Okay. I've got the live action Moana award. Okay, the live action Moana award. So I think you, I think you told me about this while we were walking into Benihana, but I now can't remember. Oh, I I, I wish I hadn't. I didn't mean to spoil it. Was it like an announcer that just started singing Moana, the Moana song? Absolutely not. Okay, what is this? Do you want a hint? Yes. Okay, it is going to a documentary and show and or movie that is just it came way too soon we didn't need it yet we just you need to let things rest for a little while before you just put them in movie form we already had animated moana like five minutes ago why do i need live action already 
Wait, what? Yeah, it's okay, coming out. I didn't understand this at all. Yeah, live action Moana's coming out. Okay, I just I, I heard Moana and I was trying to remember what I didn't process the live action part. That was very important. Yes, Almost no, the most crucial part of the yeah, award. Yeah, entirely. Okay. So okay. this guy doesn't. But this is news to me. I didn't know they were doing this. Oh well, they are. Okay, so is this, is this the Florida doc? No, that was a good amount of time after. This is the Kelsey documentary about the Super Bowl. I didn't see. I didn't know this existed it's com- either. It's coming out. I don't know if it's how. Is this not? What is this? Just like a mic'd up? I gu- <laughs> I guess they were just doing it like, that's how they're doing it now. They're recording stuff as it happens. Like, for the purpose of this. See, this is almost too much documentary. That's what I'm saying. I like do- I love these documentaries, but... I like them when they're about things that happened a little while ago. Like, the Manziel one was long enough ago that it's like, it feels like... Or the Manti, the Manti Teo one. Yeah. Like, these things, bringing them back into the zeitgeist is exciting. Because they were exciting at the time. Like, the Kelsey Bowl, like, it, like I could do a Harbowl documentary right now. That I could do. But the Kelsey Bowl just happened. So you're going to make the Harbowl? No. Did I say that? You said you could do it. Not fit. I meant I could watch it. I'd enjoy my time. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not a doc- documentarian. Documentarian? I don't know. That's that's, that's, it's definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even think we've talked about the Florida one. Entertaining. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it yet. Entertaining, but they just. They didn't talk about. Any oh yeah, we have talked about stuff. it. Yeah, we've talked about it. Because okay. you said you knew. Oh no, that was, that the, was the Manziel, Manziel one. one yeah. yeah, that's I've seen some like TikTok videos where they say they like they didn't talk about any of the important stuff. That any like all the stuff people wanted to hear about, they didn't talk. All about. All the off-field stuff, basically. Which is what the whole point of the documentary was. That's so. what that, and that's what they teased it as. Too. Yeah, it is. It's an Urban Meyer fluff piece. Yeah, which he needs, but yeah, we didn't want that. Uh, okay, my first award is the Joe Namath Kiss Award. The Joe Namath Kiss Award. What sport? Soccer. Do you know the Joe Namath Susie Colbert story? I think so, but lay it on me. Joe Namath was pretty hammered at a Jet game on the sideline, and Susie Colbert was... Oh, yes, I forgot that this happened. Yeah, it was like interviewing him, and then he's just hammered, and he's like... I want to kiss you. And she goes, thanks, Joe. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big thing. I forgot. I to- This has totally left my memory. Okay, so then. Oh, it's the the head of the Spanish Federation for Women's Soccer. Yeah. Just yeah. the Spanish he- Soccer Federation. Yeah, Luis Robiales. Yeah, kissed who, that girl on the mouth. Yeah. Not cool. Grabbed her face. Uh, Jennifer Hermoso won the World Cup with Spain and on stage after in the the celebratory celebrations that's yep stupid to say yeah it's all right um he just gra- double yeah. palm on cheek just turn the head and plant yeah. one and he's in a lot of heat he's going to be forced to resign he he should cuz it seems like she wanted none of that yeah, and people. Yeah, I don't know the the commentary on it is a lot of it's questionable at best. I mean, the guy sh- just shouldn't have done it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like the I don't the kissing culture in Europe. Is, yes, it is, is different. Something I don't understand. Yes, but, like moral of the story is it seems like from her own account she, she did not want. Yes, it. she came out and said like it was in the moment, so whatever. But like she didn't want it. So that's pretty much end-all, be-all. And you're right. There are cultural differences. That's not one of them. But that's, yeah, there's lines that shouldn't be crossed that are universal. Okay, on to my next award. It's 
the What If This Is a What If Award. Is this the 49ers trade? No. Lance era? What if this is a what if? No, but is this a Hal thing? It's not. It's not a Yankee thing. It is a It's a baseball thing, but it's not Yankee related. Is it an Otani thing? It is an Otani thing. Is this what if this is the end of Otani as a dual mm-hmm. threat? Yeah. There's there's a chance we look back on this and it's we had a few really awesome years and we saw the greatest player of all time do things at a level that we've never seen before and may never see again. Like there's a chance that that happens. I'm sure that there will be future two-way players going forward, but it's possible. And we he may never pitch again. This could be the end of seeing that version of Otani. I saw a lot of tweets that were like, if this is the last he pitches, like, it was a crazy ride. Exactly. I, well, actually, damn, that sucks. I wish you hadn't seen tweets that said that, because I thought this was a completely original thought. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like, I, I guess it's not in the same vein as you're saying it. Like, this is you're saying this is like, just keep an eye out for if this is like a history of baseball altering moment. Yeah. This is like this could be an all time what if. Yeah. There's okay. like people say like Tracy McGrady if he hadn't gotten hurt. Or like Grant Hill. Or Nerlens. <laughs> Nerlens would have needed hand transplant surgery for him to reach his potential. <laughs> Guy couldn't catch a pass if it hit him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my second award is the Philip Rivers Award. This is a guy with cinder blocks for feet. Can't move an absolute statue in the pocket. I mean, you just described. <laughs> if if I was a sketch artist, I would have drawn you a picture of Philip Rivers yes, by now. That was an accurate description of Philip Rivers. <laughs> that's not what the award is going for. Okay, it's going to a guy with fourteen children. Rude. Does this guy have a lot of kids? He knows who my award is, producer Rue. Is it Eric Weddle? No, but why? Do you think it was? Because it's a guy they pulled out of retirement or or almost pulled out of retirement <laughs> to play in a bowl? No. So this is a guy that for a lot of his career was right up near the top but just never won a championship slash – I'll just leave it at championship. Is it what sport? Combat sports. Oh, what? Do I even know this person's name? Oh, is it the – Korean yes, zombie? Yes, nice! Wow, all yes. right. I just saw that he retired. This is Chan Sung Jung, also known as the Korean zombie. Had an amazing UFC career, borderline Hall of Fame. Had what a lot of people consider to be the greatest fight in world extreme cage fighting history, the WEC, which eventually merged with the UFC. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that pretty recently. Okay. Finished 17-8. and eight. Never won a belt. He fought for it twice, though, and was a huge force behind the popularization of MMA in Asia and had one of the all-time nicknames, the Korean Zombie, just retired. The only reason I knew he never won a belt was because in his like retirement post, he mentioned that although he never won, he was treated like a champion or by the fans or you know, something along those lines, and I had no idea. And I just so happened to read this post, so I'm glad I did. The zombie walks away. As most of them do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of them are, from what I've seen in zombie things, walking towards you. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they don't... That's a good... <laughs> I don't have a rebuttal to that. 
Unless you have a shotgun, but even then I think they still mostly go towards you. No, they're still walking towards you for the most part. Unless you throw like some sort of meat bomb like behind them, <laughs> then they'll turn around and walk towards that. That's how uh, that's how my dad calls me back into the house. Meat bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that was also your nickname in high school. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that joke on this podcast for 18 episodes now. All right. On to my... Oh, we're done with awards. Yeah. All right, on to last take, worst take. Okay, so for my last take, worst take, um, it's a two-parter, kind of. Today at 10 o'clock Eastern time, the Cleveland Browns tweeted... Happy birth. Join us in sending the happiest of birthday wishes to at Mike Dunn for real, who is a was a player on the Browns. And then at let me get the exact timing for you. 1246 PM today also okay. on his birthday. Two hours and forty-six minutes after the happy birthday tweet, the Browns are waving offensive lineman Michael Dunn per source. He appeared in 28 games with four starts over the past three years. Happy birthday, you filthy animal. Wow. It's a cold world out there, man. Bill Belichick cut a guy the day before the Super Bowl, I think. Still got a ring, though. Yeah. Unless, unless they lost. Then I got nothing. Then you just I think just I think sucks. they may have lost. I think it may have been the second Giants one. Okay. Well, then it just sucks for that guy. Yeah. But it's a cold world. You would think they, they would... You know, check. I guess he still deserves a happy birthday, though. I was going to say they could have warned the social media team, but he's, what are they, not going to say happy birthday to him? That's just rude. Well, he deserves a happy birthday. Yeah. He just ruined it. It sucks to get cut on your birthday, but it would suck if you got cut and no one said happy birthday. You know what the lesson is? Say happy birthday. No, should have been born a day earlier. Or a day later. I think a day earlier. A day earlier is better. Because then you got to experience the unless you were worried about getting cut and then it worried you messed up your whole birthday because you were just a wreck. But then it would have happened after, and your birthday would have been after anyway. Yeah, but maybe there was some peace of mind after being cut. It's like you still got something to look forward to. <laughs> birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, at least That's we got. It's better. It should should have been born later. What did I say earlier? Yeah, oh, you said you're earlier. Right. You're right. Yeah. I confused myself. Now you're right. You're right. You're right. Now, you're, you're right. now you got my head in a pretzel. All right. Moving on to my last take, worst take. Mm -hmm. Noah Lyles. He's a... Basketball player. No. He's a runner. Who am I thinking of? Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles. Yes. He won three gold medals at the track and field world championships in Hungary last week. He was interviewed, and I think uh, the reporter asked something along the lines of, what do you think needs to be done to grow this sport? And he went down a really weird rabbit hole and said... You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA Finals and they have world champions above their head. World champion of what? The United States? And then went on to say that in track, they had all of the countries involved. So that's a real world champion and that the NBA isn't real world champions. And he was getting clowned. Does he he know who the best player in the NBA is? Obviously not. And all NBA players were going in on him. My, I'll give you my, my three favorite responses. 
First was Kendrick Perkins. He said, put his brain in a bird and the bird will start flying backwards. <laughs> That's good. Aaron Gordon said, commented, whatever, I'm smoking buddy in the 200 meter. And then Drake's, <laughs> and Drake's responded saying, Drake? Drake. The Aubrey Drake Graham. Uh-huh. He said, he thought the speech was going to be so hard in the mirror the night before. Now the whole league doesn't rate you. <laughs> and obviously he doesn't understand that the NBA is the best league in the world. The best players in the world of all countries play in the NBA. Therefore, when they win the NBA championship, they are the world champions. If the Denver Nuggets played any team, any other professional basketball team in the world, they would win. Even, any of Even without any subs. Well, no, they probably need subs. They probably need subs. They probably need subs. There's some good – There's no, because, like, you've seen international teams get upset before. I don't think they need subs, dude. Okay. The best, Their best player runs up and down the whole court all game anyway. That's fair. I'm just saying on any, you know, any given Sunday. So I'm trying to, you know, even the odds as much – not even the odds as much as possible. The Denver Nuggets are the best team in the world. As it currently stands, they are the most recent NBA champion, best team in the world. World champions. World champions. That's hand in hand. And this guy, was he's uh, American, by the he way. He sounds salty because he doesn't have a banner. I don't know what he's, I don't know. And people were making fun of him for saying, you know, the thing that hurts me the most. And like his tone and call, he was so goofy and corny. And like he thought he was like doing something. But like. Dude, like I think like 15 NBA players either tweeted or commented on the like the original Instagram post where it popped up. It was like Udonis Haslam, Kevin Durant, like everybody was going in on him. You don't want to be clowned by guys that go by initials. No, you do not. UD and KD. You don't want AD that. AD may have gotten in on him. I didn't see. He may have. Tyler Hero definitely AG. did. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon did, yes. And not only that, Aaron Gordon would smoke him in a race. Supposedly. Which I thought was hilarious. I'd like to see this Lyles fellow try to jump over the magic mascot. I would like to see that as well. But I thought that was a good last take, worst take. That I, is. The, you got to look up, all of you, 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 and you, got to look up. Not Rue? I was pointing to the cameras. Oh. But, yes, and producer Rue. Need to look it up because the responses are hilarious. Do we have anything else? No, I think that's it. I think so, too. Should I take us out with who, where to follow us and where to find us? Yeah. The, All right. The, and, and, and we can sing you happy birthday if you want. I don't want that. Yes, yes. I'm sure. Please do not sing me happy birthday. We, we actually stare in your eyes while we sing happy birthday. No, we actually yesterday was we. I celebrated with my family, and we obviously we did cake. And I have a lot of nieces and nephews. So the first candle they got me was one of those. It like I don't even. It's the stupidest thing in the world. I never want it again. It like explodes like edible confetti all over the cake. But you, you can't blow out the candle. There's no candle to blow out. So you're just sitting there. Everyone's singing. Your candle's gone. So then they brought me one of the those ones you, like, bring outside that, like, don't go out. Oh, I, yeah, I can't yeah, remember what they're yeah. called. Like, like a sparkler. Yeah, like a flare. Yeah, a flare sparkler. Yeah, like that. And so you don't blow those out either. They just go out. So I'm sitting there. Everyone's telling me to blow it out. I'm like, I can't <laughs> blow this out. So finally... Fourth time's the charm. We bring in, uh, we no third time's charm. We bring in a real candle, 
Then my niece keeps saying, one more time, one more time. Oh, Mary. Mary really wanted it again. So then we did two more candles. So I got sung to four times yesterday. <laughs> I really don't need it again. <laughs> All right. You can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. What is it? Amazon? Amazon Music. Amazon Music. iHeartRadio. And then this is where I run out of them. There's more. I just don't Napster. know them. Napster, <laughs> LimeWire, Pirate Bay, all the illegal streaming services. If you had a, a whatever, Fire Stick, Jailbroken Fire Stick, I'm sure you can find us on there. Podbean, they're our hosting site. We're on there too. We got a website somehow. But yeah, we did a couple drafts that aren't on part of the podcast. They're on TikTok, so find us there. All right, cool. Good episode. Good episode. See you next week. <laughs>